Hello and welcome to my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and events experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. Hello and thank you very much for listening to another episode of my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. I don't know about you but February is seeming to be going rather quickly. I know it's a slightly shorter month than the rest of the year but at least the sun's out um, which makes us all happy and we have, of course we have the NEC show now, I'm scheduling this episode to go out either on the first day of the show or it'll be just after the show. So very topical, and I hope it's a great success for all concerned. This week, I have got an interview with somebody who has done the most amazing thing, as in set up her own caravan company. I remember going to my careers advisor at the age of 15 and saying, I'd like my own caravan company. Somehow that's never happened, but uh, never mind. I always thought you needed great engineering skills, planned production, etc., but Kathy's actually been a solicitor for her career, so obviously good for attention to detail. But I will let her explain her story about how this desire to start her own caravan company came about, how did, and why she wanted to design her own caravan, and how they've gone from producing sketches and um, juggling day jobs and trying to get the caravan into production to now, 11, 12 years later, actually producing them in the USA and exporting them all over the world. So it's a tremendous British success story, and I've got huge admiration for Cathy and what, what she's achieved in this period. So I won't say any more now. I'll let Cathy talk for herself in this interview. I've often wondered what it would be like to have your own caravan business. Designing a caravan, I think, would be quite fun, but then you've got to produce it and successfully sell it. Not an easy task. But today's guest on the podcast has done exactly that and with no prior experience in the industry. So today I'm talking to Cathy Chamberlain, a former solicitor who created Barefoot Caravans back in 2011. These are, you must have seen them at the various shows, etc. They're small, cute, curvy and fiberglass, but have turned into a great British success. The Barefoot's now being exported around the world and actually now being produced in the USA. And apparently there are even plans to start producing them in Australia as well. So... I'm sure it can't all have been plain sailing. So I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about this journey from Cathy. So Cathy, hello, how are you? Hello, very well, thanks. Yeah, nice to speak to you, John. And yeah, you must be super busy. You've been over to the States recently, haven't you, for the launch over there? Yes, we were in the in America in December, yes. And now we're gearing up for, well, we, yeah, we're just we're just very busy. Yeah, but we're gearing up for the February show at the NEC as well, yes. So, and, you've been, and you've been at the Manchester show as well, haven't you? Yes, we've just been to the Manchester show, which is my home hometown, actually. So that was nice. Oh, okay, that's nice. Uh, that, yeah, that was yeah. really good. So, yeah, I was in an old, in the old uh, GMEX building where I saw Michael Jackson way back then and various <laughs> other pop bands. So it was quite a blast from the past, yeah. <laughs> and I saw one of your lovely caravans at the CMT exhibition in Stuttgart. So, uh, oh, did you? Oh, wonderful, yeah. yes. We've just got a German dealer on board at the moment, yeah. Wheelhouse, yeah. Mm, was, yeah. That was the only, I think it was the only British... Caravan or motorhome, there. So well done, uh-huh. really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's had some nice, uh, nice reviews actually. Uh, a few magazines have been following it. So I've also been busy with that, firing off photographs and uh, mm. different bits of information for those. Yes, which is yeah. good. 
God, you must be too busy. So let, let's go back to the beginning then. Tell me about how, how you transitioned from being a solicitor to being a caravan manufacturer. That's not something that happens every day. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a bit random. Yeah, I, I was an employment lawyer. And the kids were small and I wanted to I wanted to set up a business really that was a bit more flexible in terms of my time and didn't involve me being out of the house for, you know, 12, yeah. 14 hours a day. So. And was looking at various different businesses, but it had to be something that I was really interested in. So mm-hmm. anyway, after a long story short, after a wet weekend camping with a friend and the kids, I, I was looking at looking at the sort of sitting there with it, drinking a glass of wine in it in the car with my friend while the kids were all asleep in the in the tents. Right. And saying, oh gosh, it'd be nice to be in a caravan now, but you know these others aren't really my type that are here. Yeah. Maybe there's a cool one out there. So it wasn't. It literally wasn't thinking about it as a business proposition at that point. Mm-hmm. And then thought, and then realised that there wasn't anything out on the market that I would really like. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll I'll make one for 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 myself. And oh. people like me, and you know, just bring something new into the world. Really, yeah. But you're not an engineer by, by training at all, are you? So how, how do you go about thinking about creating one? <laughs> no, it, I, actually, the whole thing, Mel, just it seems yeah, quite crazy, really, that, that I did it. But I knew that I wanted something that would be sort of retro styled. It wanted to, I wanted it to be as cool as a, as a, a mm. as a, if I'm honest, as a camper van. And particularly the, like the old VW split screens and that oh, sort yeah. of well. So, yeah. so if any styling hints really came from that era, I think it'd be nice to create something like that, but I wanted to have, create a, a one-piece body so it could have nice curves in it that would be, be aerodynamic and also wouldn't have any leaks and be easy to sort of manoeuvre and easy to handle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it basically had an idea of what I wanted to create and approached some different companies that work with fibreglass, one of which is now my business partners, who are Watsonian Squire, who make motorbike sidecars from fiberglass so it, to an extent it's a giant fi- sidecar i suppose <laughs> that's really but, with an awful lot more in it yeah <laughs> but you went for a, a two birth one not a family model are you just planning on putting the kids in an awning yes <laughs> when the kids were little actually they could it's a very it's quite a wide bed it's five foot nine wide so when the kids were little they could come in the bed with me oh. uh, now we're in the awning <laughs> and yeah i really wanted something that was easy to tow and so you know the, the bigger four birth models by necessity are a lot wider and then it's just mm. i think a different bit of a different proposition towing towing something that's much wider than your car mm-hmm. than something that's the same width as your car so it doesn't a- enable me comfortably to tow it literally thousands of miles a year with various things that we do mm. and that's how you know same with our customers most of them i'd say nine out of ten have never towed before not owned a caravan before Oh, so wow. really, we've got a new group of people to the caravan market who wouldn't previously have bought a caravan. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. And did you look at did did you come to one design quite quickly, or did you sort of try various things? We had some Mike, my, one of my business partners, had some connections with Coventry University, and so oh, we yeah. had some students from the automotive design course there come in for a summer. Yeah, come up with ideas, and so I gave them a very rough sketch of the sort of thing we might like. Uh, they then came up with some different ideas and then I was the practical one saying, well, how are we going to fit some windows into that and how are we going to, you know, and obviously with my solicitor's background, as you probably know, there's loads of regulations with caravans and the height of the lights and the grab handles (laughs) and all sorts of things that you wouldn't necessarily think about the height of the, we didn't want to have an extra step. So they made the chassis deliberately low to the floor. So I was sort of dealing with, with that side of it as well. Mm-hmm. And trying to work out, yeah, what what would fit in the smallest possible space, really. So it would be nice and easy to 
handle and easy to put on your drive. Yeah, uh, well, you, but you, enough inside, yeah. You've certainly done an incredible job of getting a lot into a small space because you've got a, you know, a shower and a bar and a toilet and decent kitchen and decent lounge and everything. And it's also, it's, although it's compact, it's not tiny, is it? Because, I mean, I could stand up inside one when, when we met at yeah. the, with other yeah, shows. Yeah, no, then, then people not... say they're a bit of a TARDIS, really. It's it's not yeah. a six-foot-one inside. Yeah, so it's it, it's fine for, for most people, yeah. And even people yeah. are a bit taller than that. It's, it's Everything's cushioned, actually, and everything's curved. It's one of the things that I wanted to achieve was keeping the curves running through the inside as well as the outside. Wow. So it seems to it seems to work quite well for for most people, unless they're sort of six foot five. In which case, yes, I'm afraid it's just it's not. Yeah. Well, any caravan is going to be a challenge for you when you get me yeah. yeah. And remind me, remind me how much it weighs. It weighs nine hundred and sixty kilos. Wow. That's good. Um, we can plate it at eleven hundred or twelve hundred, and we're just we're now just contemplating going down to eleven hundred, which still gives a decent user payload, but it will enable more people with electric cars to tow them. So you hadn't actually owned a caravan or towed one before this? No, I towed a horse trailer quite a bit. So to me, it was actually quite easy because there's no living thing in there. So that makes that's even more scary when you can hear a horse clattering about in the back. Yeah, I bet. Falling yeah. over or something. So yeah. I wasn't too worried about the towing. Oh, right. Uh, actually, I had, I had towed. No, I did rent a... It was in the part, was part of the process, actually. So partway through, I rented a caravan to take to a festival mm. and... Uh, it was quite wide, and I was absolutely terrified. Yeah, so but <laughs> so it's sort of re- reaffirmed really that I'm happy with something that's a bit narrower. Yeah, that's easy to tow. And did you get people thinking that you were completely crazy to try and start up, uh, well, create a design in the caravan like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, yeah. I mean, you know, I laughed at a bit. You know, yeah, I did get laughed at a bit along the way. Sort of, you know, gosh, you know, and then a few people though, it'll, it won't, you know, it, it it might not work. It might be too heavy. It might this. It might that. So there was obviously a lot of technical thought went into it but there was also you know a lot of hope and passion and you know making sure it did work yeah so but it was wasn't it wasn't all easy you can imagine yeah mm, so with your background you're good at attention to detail and checking yeah, taking into that yeah just not the technical side of it maybe but it's still a hell of a project yeah. to take on did you initially um, then were you initially setting out to create something for yourself or were you did you set out to make a business to to to, to grow and, and sell the products yeah, no, but both really. I did. Yeah. I did want something for me. Yeah. And in terms of sort of creative projects, I had. I've done a number of house renovations over the years. So okay. I suppose working out how to style things or you know whatever. I've not not yeah. a few various rooms and houses around over time. So I suppose yeah. there was a bit of experience from that point of view and working out how how it would be feel nice inside. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, I I enjoy going. I mean, obviously, everyone's got their own different passions. One of mine is going to music festivals and outdoor events. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something that I could take to those. So actually, originally when we designed it, it was going to have a toilet and a sink, but not a shower. And then I went to Glastonbury. Okay, <laughs> said, right. Sorry, <laughs> got a shower as well. So that added another six months onto the uh, design process. Well, the whole bathroom was redesigned to drop the shower tray, but you know, beneath the chassis, so that it would fit. <laughs> But, yeah, so there was a bit of development along the way as well. So how long did it take before you actually got to build the first one or produce the first one? We started in, it was designed on paper in 2012 and the first one was shown to the public in 2015. So it wasn't too bad, three years. And and my business partners and I were all working on, on other, we worked, put a lot of hours into it, yeah. but we're also having to fund ourselves by you know, doing our day jobs as well a bit as well, yeah. Right, so, so a, bit, a bit on the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you have to finance it all yourself? Even you have finance partners coming into this, has it been a big investment without 
No, it, was, it wasn't as drastic as it might have been, mainly because we put so many hours in ourselves. Right. And business partners put in, you know, put in half, I put in half. Uh, but it was it was not, I think people would be surprised. Yes, it was a bit less, you know, less than you might imagine, but it was still, plen- it was still plenty of a gamble at the time, put it that mm. way, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> How many people in your in your team now? How many people do you employ or are involved with this? Yeah, in our team, we've got in the actual barefoot sort of manufacturing team and in the in the office team, there's about ten of us. Right. But then we've got partners that we work really closely with, so making the bodies, making the fiberglass bodies, making the chassis. You know, literally people that we know really well now doing the transport for us, polishing the handles because we literally everything is you know made exactly how we want it. Really making the hinges and so on, and the and then the upholstery inside. So you could probably double that number. Yeah, it's probably about twenty people involved. involved I would say if you if we account for about twenty full time jobs. Yeah. yeah, it really is a great British success story. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> well, and how did it? Did you sell them quite quickly straight away? Did you, did it take off quite well? Were you happy with that, or did you have to make any adjustments? No, we do, we, we've changed the bed configuration, but only after about two or three years. That was after some customer feedback that it was a bit easier to make the bed in a certain way than a different way. But no, the rest of it stayed the same. Right. Uh, we've done. said that we've just given it a bit of an upgrade at the moment, and we've launched a new model called the Barefoot Forward, which has got a bit more advanced technology and a slightly different look and feel to it. But no, broadly, it's been as it was. It was. I think there was a bit of a leap of faith, to be fair, from the first two or three customers. Mm. Um, and we still know know some of them now quite well, the early customers. And they've still got the barefoots, which is fabulous. Nice. Um, and they're very proud of them, you know, and you can see it's obviously stamped on the chassis, which is number one, which is number two, and so really? on. Really? So, wow, that's uh, lovely. People know what number they've got, basically. We get the chassis in batches of five. Yeah. So they might go slightly out of order, but not more than that, you know. So people yeah. literally know, you know, where, where they're up to in, in the production. Oh, um, touch. So how many have you have you made so far then? What so number? I think we're we're on chassis two hundred and twenty something at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So two hundred and twenty something. But it, it was a tremendous leap of faith to actually design something like that and then expect there to be enough or be confident that there were enough people out there that would buy it. That is, that is yeah. my for that. It was a bit. The first, the first time, first event we took it to was a very small sort of craft fair type thing in the Cotswolds in Chipping Camden, very near where we're based. Mm-hmm. And we were terrified, and we thought well, we have no idea what anyone's going to think of this. Are they going to laugh? Are they going? What, what are they going to think? Anyway, yeah. what we realised instantly was it was just making everyone smile. They all walk around the corner and we're like, "Wow, you know, look at that! Oh, it's gorgeous!" You know. Anyway, so the feedback yeah. from then and ever since has been so positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people think it's. A very nice design and just you know cute they might not not everyone would want to own one fair enough but yeah, certainly yeah. make people smile and sort of it does uh, yeah it's got a, all the lovely curves on it it just feels quite no it's quite something quite tactile about it as well yeah quite cute yeah yeah i think i've only ever seen one on the road that was quite local to me actually of all that but uh, there must be yeah. out there somewhere have you launched it as such or is it just literally taking it to trade fairs and exhibitions and building it up from there or do you have you put much 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 of a marketing strategy behind it yeah, no, main well, we we we've been learning as we go really in terms of what works best for marketing, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And go, going to shows is definitely a good one of the best things for us to do. Yeah, we've been in a few we've been very fortunate. We've been on the TV and been, you know, so obviously that gets it out to a massive audience, you know. Mm-hmm. But actually being at shows, people touching and feeling it and and then thinking about it. And they say people need to see things maybe two or three times before they okay. commit. So yeah. we, we just took an order yesterday from someone who'd seen it in 2019. 
uh-huh. and then broke her arm and then a few things happened and she just come back and placed an order for, for our new model actually without seeing it. She's obviously seen all the photographs. Mm. So some it, people are a slow burn, some people buy them instantly and, and they're away, yeah. So yeah. It does. I you don't need much stand space because it's quite a small caravan, so you can keep your costs down that way. But I saw you at the Holiday Parks and Home Innovation Show, so you're clearly yeah. not just sticking to pure caravan shows, you're, you're going to a, a cross-section of exhibitions. Yes, yeah, that, that was a bit of a one-off actually being there, but we are getting quite a few inquiries from people now looking at setting up glamping sites or farm diversification uh-huh. and putting two or three units on on their land to rent out. What seemed to be from from that show, what was the the most interesting thing was that the farmers and landowners were saying, oh, wow, brilliant, we can put one of these on our land, rent it out a bit, and then off-season we can go and use it ourselves. So that's going to be a new market, but for people very much wanting to use them themselves as well. So we did have somebody who bought one to rent out. I've had two lots of people who bought them to rent out, but they're having so much fun with them, they're just actually cancelled that <laughs> idea and they're just using them themselves. So, yeah, well, that's okay too, yeah. Oh, brilliant. But you must probably know most of your customers by name almost. You've... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they certainly they know us you know, very well. Of course, I can't quite keep up with 220 people. They <laughs> know all the names, don't necessarily remember every face every time. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we've got a nice barefoot owners group. One of our owners has set up a group. Yeah. So we have an annual gathering. So we know whoever turns up for that, we know really well now. Yeah, we've done three of those events now. We've got another one coming up in May. That's nice. That's a riot. Yeah, that's really good fun. Yeah. So again, the first one of those we did, we had no idea what it'd be like. I thought it might be a bit cringe and it was so much fun and they were just <laughs> oh yeah so it gets more and more elaborate every year now yeah which is fun yeah so and how many how many turn up for that i think this year we're gonna have about about 30 30 barefoot runs oh that would look fantastic yeah maybe maybe a bit more and how do you cut the name was that an easy thing to do yeah, well, everyone had their own idea about that. In the end, I, I'd been travelling years ago, so probably again where the passion for you know building this sort of business came from. But mm. remember in Australia, all the surfers they used to call themselves barefoot, you know, barefoot surfers or whatever. And I just remember that being one of the coolest, most relaxed sort of vibes I've ever seen and or ever felt. You know, and all the people just really enjoying life and enjoying the outdoors. So that's really where it came from. And then the idea of making it something that's easy to use. So the company's called Go Barefoot. The idea is just get up and go with your caravan, get up and go barefoot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets the message across quite well, actually. Because I wouldn't have thought that was easy. Yeah, to- no, we've been lucky. It sort of fell into place in the end, yeah. So, mm. And then, so obviously, I'm, I'm curious that a lot of your customers have never had a caravan before. Have they had a, a tent before or are, or are they just completely new to this type? Uh, of- a mixture, and it seems to be evolving over time, actually. The customers, we're, more of the customers we're getting at the moment have had a camper van and are actually swapping out their caravan for a barefoot caravan. This, as you'll know, there's pros and cons with each, but the benefit of of the caravans is that you can, you've got your shower and your toilet, you've got a bit more space in there, you're not running an extra vehicle, and you can park up when you arrive wherever you're going, and off you go with your car for the day. And, you know, with a camper van, you're a bit more, you have to think very much about where you're going to go once you've parked it. Got everything out. You don't really want to, you know, go off and get a pint of milk or whatever. So yeah, so it's it's you know pros and cons, but definitely seems quite a lot of people had bought camper vans and motorhomes in lockdown, and then to get them into the market and now sort of thinking it through, yeah, Mm. for longer trips and whatever. Yeah. Have you got anyone towing a barefoot with a camper van? Because that would be quite a good combination. And yeah, we've got we've got a few. Yeah. 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 
the only other small caravan I can think of is the Ariba. Now, you, that's quite popular with the campervan fraternity, isn't it? There's a small thing to tow. Mm. It is. So we do. We go the other shows. We go to actually VW shows. Yeah. Oh, um, brilliant. But, yeah, and we've got a, a following there now. Yeah, and we're in the VW magazine. Yeah, so that's uh-huh. our. That really is our market. The campervan market is really our market. Yeah. Uh, cool. And how did the, your appearance on um, George Clark's Amazing Spaces come about? Was that, did they approach you or was that just being in the right place yeah. at the right time? No, I, I approached them. It, was, it oh, wasn't on the TV till 2018, but it was actually filmed, of course, in 2014, 2015, when the caravan was being developed. Right. And it, it was present. I mean, obviously things on there are not normally commercial, so it was presented very much as it was, it was my idea and that I was creating this caravan mainly for mm. myself to use. But obviously mm. behind the scenes, there was a commercial angle and they did say that in the programme at the end. They said, oh, actually, you know, she's going to be manufacturing them now as well. Right. But we were, in a way, we were fortunate with the timing because at the time I remember being so frustrated every year. They're like, oh, you've missed it. You're not in the series again. <laughs> but by the time it was on in 2018, we absolutely knew what we were doing with the manufacturing and the production line and everything else. So it was a good time because overnight i mean it just went mad overnight you know really, social media yes for yeah. the, maybe three thousand followers on you know facebook and instagram overnight and then the bbc world news picked it up and then i did a couple of interviews for them I ended up on the business news program which you know i wouldn't have really been anywhere near ready for three years earlier so uh, it was like yeah <laughs> a bit very scary very very scary yeah and how did you start exporting them then? Well, what happened, once we'd launched on in 2015, maybe a bit before with some photos and whatever mm. on, on the internet, it got it just gets picked, it got picked up. So there was a magazine in America had picked it up, and I was getting hundreds of inquiries a year from America's people saying, "Could we ship one over?" But the, our insurers wouldn't touch it because they don't anything in North America. They don't want you to export over there. Mm. So realised that after a bit that we would have to find a manufacturer over there who could make it to American standards and, you know, with the door on the other side as well, really, to fit their market. Right. And so it took ages to find the right company. And in the end, as a result of this BBC appearance, I I linked up on LinkedIn with a guy who was the R&D director previously with Airstream, and he got in contact and thought, wow, he's exactly who I want to speak to. And he knew knew the right company for us to speak to, and he, in the end, developed the pro- developed the new camp barefoot in America with this Amish um, company. Yeah, I've seen pictures of it. It looks the same to me, apart from the door on the other side. Yeah, there's a couple of different. They've they've got they've obviously added air conditioning in there, right? And the bathroom. The Americans will not accept having a separate wastewater tank, so it had to have a grey water tank built into the chassis. Um, which meant that they just had to adjust the bathroom a bit and the height to the floor. Apart from that, it's, it's very similar. I wanted it to be quite similar. I sort of yeah. whole light, and they, and they knew. I mean, the whole charm of it and the pe- yes. reason so many people wanted to buy it was because it was British and it was well built and it's got these lovely oak worktops and things. So they they realised, you know, that it was nice to to mirror all of that over there, which they have done. Yeah. So do you have to ship stuff over there, or do they source the the, the contents? They currently manufacture 3,000 teardrop trailers a year anyway, so they've certainly got all the right suppliers. Right. Um, there are a few items, yeah, that we that we send over to them that they can't just source locally, yeah. Right, um, right. Fantastic. So you've, that's literally just launched before Christmas or about now? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was. I mean, it's been so delayed because of COVID. It should have launched yeah. a few years earlier. And then, anyway, we yeah just managed to sneak into the end of last year. <laughs> and they're going out to dealers now. So it's going out to thirty three dealers, which is pretty big for you know by our UK standards. <laughs> they're all over the country. I had a lovely email from a guy the other day who's just bought the first one actually, which is really exciting. He's just really uh-huh. excited about it. He's not and he didn't even know about it. Just sort of found out about it, turned up at the Atlanta RV show and he's bought it and he gets it this week, which is exciting. Yeah. So oh, wow. uh, it's just starting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so was it quite straightforward though? Once you've got the production set up over there, so it's easier to build over there than export over there, is it? It is yeah. largely because the insurers won't, will not, will not insure you to send product over there. I'm sure lots of companies get around it, but uh, right. we couldn't get what, with the caravans. What's the issue yeah. with that then? What's the issue with that? Why does I think, it insure them um, in terms of what product liability? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the levels of litigation in America and the and the, the legal process is just so different to ours. It wouldn't. It wasn't wasn't going to be a runner for them. Yeah, right. But and and also, I mean, shipping things that distance. You know, there are we do ship overseas, but the volumes that they wanted, our factory isn't big enough to make that many. To the market in America is twenty times the size of the UK. Yeah. So you know, that's we're looking at making you know several hundred a year over there. Wow. Which, is, which is beyond our capability at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So are you keeping your production and UK scale of business to, to a particular level or do you would you like to expand it in, in the future? Yeah, we've got we've got scope within our factory to expand this actually. We've just taken on another unit. We're on an old an old industrial estate from I think it was created in the war actually, to, you know, and it's uh, yeah. it, there were buildings that were probably not supposed to last as long as they have done, but it's a really <laughs> lovely cottage sort of industry feel around our industrial estate about 100 units on there mm-hmm. uh, anyway we've now got between ben my business partner and ourselves we've got well, five of them now so you know there's quite a lot of space so we can expand a bit yeah that's 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 the plan mm-hmm. finding the right people is quite difficult i'm sure lots of the caravan manufacturers find this you know that yeah finding the right sort of people with the right skills and the right attitude to to building them because it's mm. quite quite you know unique and you have to work in a small space and it's yeah mm. real we want people to do the real attention to detail yeah so mm. yeah that's sometimes a challenge but we've got still got a, re- a brilliant team at the moment so let's hope it sticks that way yeah that's good and you mentioned australia as well is that, is that on your on your radar Yes, so we've shipped. We've shipped. We've got a manufacturer over there again. That's a bit too far to ship lots big volumes of caravans. Yeah. So there is a manufacturer over there who's developed the body. Well, who's had patterns and things, and is going to develop a body, and going to start fitting them out soon to sell them over there. Yeah. But then we've also got a, there's a dealer in New Zealand who's just going to start buying them direct from us. He currently actually ships something from the UK already, so he seems to be quite confident with the shipping to New Zealand. So we're going to be shipping over there. So yeah, it's it's a bit of both really, but it's a heck of a long way, of course, to get it over is. to Australia and New Zealand. I think it's six or eight weeks, I think, in, I on think the high seas. But what we have sent over has arrived in good order, which has been nice. Yeah. So oh God, <laughs> never know, but it's uh, it's been okay. So did you ever imagine that you'd have sort of an international product when you started this? No, not yes. never. In, no, not at all. No, it's, it's been really, really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, I think one of the, the things I've enjoyed the most about having a small business is that you can you just, you know, react. We don't need to have a, you know, 20 people around a boardroom table. Yes. And then I'll just sit saying, yeah, okay, we'll do New Zealand now. And right, we're sending things to South Korea, you know. 
and we can just we can do it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm obviously always trying to make sure that we, you know, doing things properly from a legal point of view and everything's safe and you know it's all and the quality's maintained and everything. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, we can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and we are doing. Yeah, yeah. And in the UK, do you sell direct or do you do you have any deals? I don't think you do. Do you? Yeah. No, we just sell direct at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, margin on them is not. I mean, um, people say you know, the you know quite moderately expensive. The margin on them isn't that huge. If we get if we get, gave you know fourteen percent to a dealer, there'd be virtually nothing left, you know. So right. it's not it's not something we can do. Yeah, and they and they and they sell well, you know. It's, uh, and people, I think, like the personal touch of being able to come to our factory. Mm-hmm. They can have a factory tour. They see how they're being built. They literally can see the empty shells and then the way that those are built up. We have about four or five being built at any one time. Right. All in the different stages, so you must come along and have a look sometime. We've I talked definitely about want to you. Yes, yes. It's just fascinating, you know. You get this empty shell, and then it, what goes on behind the scenes there is absolutely monumental. Yeah, to get the finished product, and then it looks easy, of course, but there's <laughs> a lot of work goes into it. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm really impressed. I think mean, it's a with the product itself, but the fact that it's grown to such a success, I think, is really, really good news. And what else? I think that's probably most of my questions. Really, is that they've missed anything that I was I was thinking of? Or oh, has the has the caravan industry sort of accepted you quite well? Have you had any issues or people thinking? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yes, I mean, I don't. We don't have a huge amount to do with you know the big manufacturers. I think all know one another quite well, yeah. and we know some of them now. You know, we, along the way, we've worked very closely with Auto Sleepers, who are not far away. Uh, they helped us with fitting out the first barefoots and developing the inside design. I designed it, but then this is their R and D department helped us to develop it, which is, was fabulous. Mm-hmm. So we know some of those guys really well. And then yeah, the others have all been you know very friendly and yeah, you know I think I do think we're we're producing a slightly different product for a slightly different market though. Yeah, you know we all have to sort of a- accept that. But yeah, no, it's I found it you know on on the whole to be very friendly and very welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Makes You're obviously not seen as a threat. <laughs> no, well, hopefully not. We're certainly not. Yeah, not intending to be. Yeah, cool. So I've got some some fun questions to end with. Really, if you could take, well, if, what was your what would be your preference, a caravan or a motor? Is what I normally ask people. Well, I think you probably, I think I probably would know the answer to that <laughs> yeah, one. You know the answer to that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could take your caravan anywhere in the world, where would you like to to pitch it up? Probably. Oh, my first, what I haven't had time to do yet, actually, is go around Scotland with it. So that's oh. my first port of call. And we've got yeah. so many customers doing it. Right. So I'd love to you know, go and do this, the, the Scottish 500. Yeah. Yeah, and spend some time up in Scotland. Beyond that, yeah, I, I would I would happily take it around Europe as well. People do seem to be on and off the ferries a lot. Mm-hmm. Fabulous photo someone sent through the other week of being in San Moritz. And I thought, oh, wow, yeah, I'd like that. So, yeah. yeah, some trip around Europe as well would be nice, yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got an excuse to go to New Zealand as well. Check out check out the market over there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what's just amazing. You know, Ben and I both like our travelling, actually, in our past, you know, in, in our pasts, we've both done a lot of travelling mm. separately, obviously. But, yeah, you know, the, the opportunity to go around the world. We've been, I've been over to America a few times. We launched in Texas. We've been over to Ohio. There'll be other shows that we've been in Salt Lake City. Yeah, so the travel that's been involved is quite interesting. Yeah, and there will be a tri- trip to Australia and New Zealand at the end, end of the year, I think, yeah. Yes. So I can borrow a caravan over there. I don't fancy shipping my own over there, but I can borrow <laughs> one there, I'll definitely go, yeah. Brilliant. Sounds like a good excuse to me. Oh, I, I asked this question to people. I don't know whether you all have much of a, much of a handle on it necessarily, but I, I've asked people in the industry, if they had a magic wand, what would they wish for, the, to, for to benefit the caravan industry as a whole? Whether it's legislation mm. or 
lots of whizzy marketing campaign, but is there anything that would help you sell your 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 business or the whole industry better? I think I think the thing that's probably on everyone's minds at the moment is to do with electric cars. So I would say some you know some I mean I've got suggestions. We we just started doing a project actually. I was at Birmingham University last week, and we've got a project going now with a with a three month project with some students that, that they approached us about it, but about making the barefoot more lightweight. So swapping out some of the internal components to make it more lightweight because yeah. the ins- internal components of the barefoot weigh more than the body and the chassis right. at the moment. So there's obviously scope to reduce that. So that's going to be really fascinating to see what they come back with. Mm-hmm. But the more lightweight we can make them, the easier they will be to tow with electric cars. So yes. I had somebody suggesting on Facebook, I think it was, you know, what about having an en- or somehow gathering up the power of the caravan being towed probably not describing it very well, and using that to boost the battery in the car that's towing it. And oh. there'll be some clever way of doing that at some point, but I think it's beyond our, you know, beyond our technical expertise <laughs> well, at some point. I know there have been some developments with powering the axle on, on the caravan so that it then is, the car hasn't got so much of a drain, such much of a, it hasn't yeah. have to use so much power to pull the caravan. But then there's a few legislative issues around that, at the, the caravan actually being powered itself because that would help but then you've got weight of batteries to put in the caravan to power to power that yeah, so yeah. swings around about yeah no, do you know what i mean it's anyway that's your magic one then if you could create a very lightweight battery or a very lightweight way of doing it yeah it well you're already off the head start because you're pretty pretty lightweight anyway and you've got the aerodynamics to help yeah. towing towing a caravan yeah. with an electric car so yeah you're off to a good start what do you like most about working in the caravan industry i think for is, and this is this is quite well. I haven't I haven't seen this coming really. Most of our other people that buy our caravans are couples. A lot of them have got <clears throat> their children are just leaving home or going to university or that sort of thing, and they they're such they're lovely people and they get on really well as couples. <laughs> and it's nice to sort of see that really happy yeah. atmosphere and people who can exist in a small space together and families as well. A family have just bought one this week. But they get on really well and they can, you know, exist in a small space and want to go on holiday together in a small space. And I think that's been one of the nicest things. It's just really heartwarming actually that, mm-hmm. you know, there are people, you know, you see here's so much doom and gloom in the world and whatever. Really? And yeah. you see this and it's it's just heartwarming, yeah, that people are going to go and do enjoyable things and it's giving them the opportunity. The other thing that I like is that you know, I just at the Manchester show, it was just after Christmas. And then we had about at least 10 lots of our barefoot owners come through saying, oh, we've just been visiting our relations, you know, over Christmas and New Year. We stayed in the caravan on the drive. It gave us the opportunity oh, to be yeah. with the people. Yeah. And during COVID, the same, actually, you know, people were able to go yeah. and visit and live in their little bubble and whatever. <laughs> and it brought people together. So I think that side of it is it's my favourite. By, by yeah. It is small enough, isn't it, to pop on someone's drive without being too sort of obvious and taking up a lot of space. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It just kind of fits in a normal car parking space. So, yeah, that, that's yeah. quite handy, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Now, the last question, I probably should have given you a bit more time to think about this one, really, but it's just a fun, light-hearted thing, really. If you were on a, on a campsite or a music festival, wherever you were with your barefoot caravan, having a barbecue, can you think of three people, celebrities, politicians, famous, dead or alive, other than family or friends, that you'd like to invite? Oh, crikey. Well, who would I want? Gosh. Well, I'm really into my music, so I think I would have, and this is not probably not very mainstream, but James are my favourite band. Mm-hmm. So I'd have Tick Booth, who's the lead singer of James. Okay. I might just fill it with musicians, actually. I might have Liam Gallagher there as well, because I just think he'd be absolutely hilarious. Yeah. 
Maybe I'd get Noel along as well so they can <laughs> sort nice. it all out. I don't know. Yeah, music, yeah. Obviously, family and friends friends would normally come first, but, yeah, yeah. that would be a bit of fun. That sounds good fun, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, have you been to a music concert recently? Yeah, we, I've missed out on Glastonbury tickets again, actually, but last year I went to Why Not Festival, which is in the Peak District, which is mm-hmm. lovely. Wow. And I've just bought tickets for that again this year. So that's three days in the caravan. Right. And it's just brilliant, yeah, whatever the weather is, it's, it's fab. But prior to that, I've been to Glastonbury for... Done it five or six times with the caravan, yeah, and absolutely yeah. love it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I normally do a trip, a coastal trip as well. In you know, we've been to Dorset. Some photos just appeared actually on Facebook. I think it was from one of one of the caravan sites where you literally can look over the over the sea on the Jurassic Coast. Absolutely stunning, yeah. So I normally do that as well. Mm. Yes, yeah, somewhere, somewhere on over the sea, yeah. Yeah, and where do you get the time to do all this? You've got such a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I mean, I, that's why I've not done these trips to Scotland or whatever that I'd like to do. I can take so off a few days here and there, but so, yeah, yeah, not managed a two-week holiday for a long time now, yeah. But hopefully okay. it'll come. And you've got a show at the, so you've got, a show, you've got a stand at the NEC show in February this year, have you? Yes, we have, yeah. And one outside as well, actually. Our new Barefoot Forward's going to be on the atrium area outside. Yes. The yeah, bike rack that we've just developed. Bikes seem to be a big thing, and electric bikes for people with the caravans, which is uh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, and we've got a stand inside as well, yeah. And we, yeah, we, we normally do really well there. And, and we also catch up with all the people in the industry. Like the, when we were talking about the industry before, mm-hmm. lots of the people we know really well are our suppliers, and we've got great relationships with them. And the graphics company who do the side of the you know, G- CGI graphics, don't mind giving them a plug. Oh, yeah. They've yeah. done some fantastic stuff for us. Yeah, and, uh, you know, comp- Premier Furnishings who do the upholstery. So lots of them go to the shows yes. and come and see us there, yeah. And then obviously oh, all, the, all the standard makes of the appliances that, that we have in there, yeah. So that's nice to always catch up with them too. You're going to have a busy time. Brilliant. Well, I will definitely come and see you. Thanks very, very much for your time today. Oh, how can pe- people find you? It's, it's www.go-barefoot.co.uk and just search put, yeah. Barefoot Caravans on, on any social media platform, really. Yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I don't do much on Twitter, actually, because that's yeah. more sort of snappy, isn't it? But yeah. And LinquedIn, yeah, people find it. Quite a lot of people use LinkedIn now as well. But I think Instagram, we've got some, nearly about 15,000 followers now. So that's our biggest platform right. now, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be seeing some pictures on there of people enjoying their barefoots in all sorts of places around the world. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, there certainly are. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a photo the other week from somebody in Japan who's got one, so that's nice. Well, there are a few, yeah, flo- floating about literally on all corners of the globe now, which is great, yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm really envious. I think it's a, such a lovely story and it would be a great position to be in. So, yeah, congratulations. It's really good. Lovely. Thank you very much, Cathy. It's been a real Thank pleasure you. to catch up with you and hear all about it. Oh, thanks so much, John. Yeah, lovely of you to have us have me on. So thank you very much, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so do you agree that was really inspirational? Anyone else fancy starting their own caravan company? That's how you do it. She makes it sound very easy, but I'm sure there must have been lots of stressful nights and and uh, ups and downs on that journey but what is what a great success really really fantastic okay that's that's enough i'll i'll be back in your ears again next week and remember that if you want to sponsor the podcast i am open to suggestions drop me an email on john at rawlingscommunications.com thank you bye-bye Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It'd be a great help. 
If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.